Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. We are back with another great episode, and our guest is Nadine Elizabeth Brown. Nadine is like a hospitality master. She spent over 20 years in the D.C. area restaurant industry. She holds certifications. She's been a wine judge, and she's a writer. But most importantly now, she's a wine consultant. So she will help you get your restaurant together, get your wine library together, or just get your palate together. Her company, At Your Service, offers a wide range of services, and she tells us all about that and how her whole journey started. While you're listening to this conversation, don't forget to like and subscribe and share the episodes you're listening to. Cheers, y'all. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. Hey, we got Leslie in the house, and we have a very special guest, Nadine Brown. Hey, girl. Hey, hey. hey. finally oh oh my goodness how are y'all doing good very good same same living the dream living the wine dream i love that i love that leslie you have a birthday coming up i do well are you going somewhere i'm not going anywhere but you know i turned the um magical half century mark um almost two years ago and um I couldn't do anything because we had gone back into lockdown and and then um and it was the same time that I was launching my company and honestly I was that day on my birthday I was sitting and listening to an Abra hearing to make sure I could get a liquor license um so two years later I am going to have a little brunch and uh, you would be very proud of me, uh, Sarita. We are going to go uh, to listen to Belladonna. How lovely. I know, you know that struggle that I have about being over 50 and listening to Go-Go. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna, so they, they have a brunch. Um, they birthday. have a brunch where? at um Bethesda Blues and Jazz Club oh okay that makes sense then okay and uh yeah so it's the brunch and then the show and so oh my gosh that sounds cute that's so cute my mom went to see war did she she did she went to see war last week and it was at I think it was also in Bethesda or is it Arlington whatever that um that arena is in I forgot the name of it I know, I know what you're talking about yes. anyway mm-hmm. but she went mm-hmm. to see war and she said it was one of the best shows that she's seen and she's she's amazed at how they keep you know some of the band members have you know right passed right and mm-hmm. they keep replacing them and she said they sound exactly the same that is really good yeah like yeah. but when does it become when does it become like a tribute band but actually with a name you <laughs> know they got I mean? they got one standing member left they got one that's the original but yeah maybe after after that you know I don't know like like the temptations right like how many temptations are out there (laughs) and they're still doing their temptation review it's true so I had a pretty chill weekend but uh yesterday I participated in a Trentadoc virtual tasting oh wait I my my is blurred oh you guys can't see it anyway I'm drinking bubbles from Mm -hmm. um, Trentadoc this is my third time having this wine and it's all uh because of like a master class that I participated in mm-hmm. I've never seen this on the shelves and it's a shame um I'm not sure who carries it I have to check the website but anytime that 
this region does anything in the city, I'm, I'm involved because the, their wines are beautiful. Guys, if you've never heard of uh, Trentadoc, it's a Italian wine region in the mountains, two hours from Venice. It's all sparkling wine. And let me see if I can remember the grapes. Okay. Chardonnay, uh, Pinot Noir, Pinot Bianco, and Meunier. Pinot Meunier. So that's it. But their oh. wines are beautiful. I don't think I've ever had that. No? Oh, man. I haven't either. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, you know, I have to write them because they have to get that in at least wine shop. At least get it to chats so we can buy it. So, but no, the wine's great. Was it sponsored by a particular distributor or was it? Um, It's a PR firm. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the PR firms, one of the big okay. ones. Yeah. Okay. So Nadine, welcome to this world. We, we are so happy to finally have you on the show. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yay. How was your weekend? Did you do anything wine related? I did. I went to, uh, I was in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, you know, about two and a half, three hours, depending on how 95 is. Um, and it was a... Um, a wine festival, but it was, um, you know, so I toured some vineyards with a group of some of some were wine professionals, um, all African American, um, you know, people looking to get into the business. Um, we went to not a whole lot, we went to like three wineries, you know, barrel tastings with the winemaker, um, dinner with the winemaker, and just had some, you know, great fellowship and amazing Virginia wines. Um, you know, I've been a, a fan and ambassador for Virginia wines for a long time. And it's great to see um, the evolution and, and how far, how far those wines have come. What was the name of the festival? Universe. Cool. Well, you're a big, you're a big fan of like drinking local. I, I am, you know, and like kind of local to, to where you are, you know, local and, and small producers, um, but just a, an, you know, a big fan of, of wine, but, you know, um, even the big guys, you know, a lot of the big guys started small, mm -hmm. uh, and, um, diversity in wine and all sorts of things is, is really good, you know, so it's support the part of the reason why I think you need to small support some of the small, um, local and small producers is that all the wines don't start tasting the same. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's jobs. Right. I mean, there's there's especially in the states right, uh, or small regions that are, um, you know, just figuring it out. And a lot of these people, they have their day jobs and they're doing this on the side. And it's, you know, it's a passion project, yeah. um, you know, so it's important to support them. I don't think many people realize that, especially the the local vineyards, the small vineyards, you know. This is this is their maybe their first job and their day job is supporting their first job. You know what I mean? Why it's so important to support these local vineyards so they can, you know, continue to produce great wine, but people don't realize the expense that it is involved in. Um, and that's why many of them still have day jobs when they're doing this. Yeah. And it was much, much less of that in, in Virginia. I think so, definitely with some of the, the other states, you know, Virginia, a longer wine history than, than you would think. 
I think there are 300, 350 wineries there um, now and, and, you know, starting to be like second generation. A lot of them were farmers, you know, from the 40s. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time to be a wine lover. I think there's just so much innovation and access to um, interesting things and, and yeah, I really think it's, a, it's an exciting time to be a wine lover. And it's Virginia Wine Month, so those are a really good time for for everyone to explore Virginia wines. Um, for, this question is for both of you, but Leslie, I want you to go first. I have never asked you this question at all. Do you have a favorite Virginia winery? You know what? I do, but let me say that my exposure, and I'm embarrassed to say this, is very limited to Virginia wine. Mm-hmm. Don't be embarrassed. So, um, because I spend so much of my time on the other side of the bridge, but I do, I do have a favorite Virginia wine. Brie, would you, you like both, to know? Yes, I would <laughs> like to know. We're like holding our breath. Yeah, I like I I like Stone Tower. Oh, that's yeah, that's gorgeous. I like yeah. Stone Tower, and I like um, Blue Valley. Yeah, those are good ones. Delaplane, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. is is that your favorite? Um, I like Delaplane. I wouldn't, you know, I, I couldn't pick one. Barbersville in Charlottesville was the first yes. mm-hmm. winery and vineyard that I visited, mm-hmm. um, you know, 20 something years ago. So they, they have a, a you know, a, a special, um, you know, place spot in my wine journey and, and uh, they make really good, really consistent wines. Um, but I couldn't, I could not pick one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a winemaker uh, called Ben Jordan. He makes a couple different wines, um, so almost like anything that he makes. But yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't it's, it's, it's tough. It's, yeah. it's, it's really tough. But um, I, I guess my top two would be uh, Early Mountain. And yeah. I, of course, everybody knows I'm obsessed with bubbles. So Early Mountains makes great bubbles. And then also... Um, Green Hill. Yeah. Green Hill makes great bubbles too. Yeah. Veritas so makes great bubbles. They do. They really Veritas do. makes great bubbles. But I had, you know, I had like, um, like skin contact, um, petite men saying that was like six oh years my. old and carbonic, um, what's the name? Uh, Malvasia. And, Oof. you know, just some really, you know, and of course, really great cap francs and, um, yeah, so just really exciting, you know, interesting things going on. You had mentioned the trip that you were on. There were people who were interested in the wine field, getting in the wine field. And I I can only imagine that you are approached by people who are trying to get into the wine field. And I'm curious to know what advice, and actually this could go to you also, Serena, what do you tell people when they're asking about becoming a part of this family cult yeah (laughs) that's a good that's a good question you know and um um they i think the this group was definitely um maybe a step above that because they were like roots fund scholars um you know had taken like intro you know wsct you know the first first um you know, first class, um, but even then still trying to, you know, figure out where in the wine industry they, they want to go. Um, I do get 
asked from a lot of people, I think, that just don't like their jobs, <laughs> you know, just like have no joy and are literally just looking for some joy. And it seems like a profession where, where you can do that. Um, you know, they're tax accountants or, you know, <laughs> whatever, um, you know, DC policy wonk people. Um, so, you know, I, I say to just um, a couple things, you know, just that wine is a, a journey and not a marathon um, and that you can, I mean, absolutely, I encourage anyone if they really want to get into the business, um, but you can, you can still get pretty far without, um, you know, making, making it your, your living. Um, yeah. Taking a class, I, I, I definitely start, start by uh, reading, tasting, you know, I say, you know, the poor, the poor lady in the corner at the supermarket, you know, who's trying to pour you some wines as everybody walks by, you just take every tasting opportunity that you can. You know, I have to admit, um, there was, this happened to me twice this year when someone asked me, um, how do you like just these big general questions? How do you do what you do? How do I get into the wine industry? I was kind of looking at them and like a deer in headlights. I got girl, I don't know. I have no, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like I do, but I don't, you know what I mean? I had a very organic path. And, you know, it was it it wasn't strategic at all. Um, I didn't plan much of anything. So it's 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 kind of hard to give words of encouragement. So a lot of times I just say, just jump in. Just jump in, follow good wine people on social media, read wine books. Um, And oh, what am I? uh, Yeah, one thing I always say is find a good wine shop or a good wine bar and just get on their mailing list. And like you said, Nadine, just taste as much as you can. And then once you feel a little bit more comfortable, jump into a class, you know, do whatever, just taste, just drink wine, you know, you'll start to meet people. I think that's, I think both of you guys, that's the best advice that you can give somebody is just drink wine because, you know, regardless of the certifications that you have, right? You, you only get a snapshot of what wine is from that. Like you'll get some historical facts and, and regional geographical things like that. But until you start tasting and you're able to con- compare regions from other regions and um, different styles, you'll never really have a, 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 a fundamental foundation. I don't think anybody knows everything but you you feel more comfortable because you've been able to experience those other items yeah I mean and people think that wine language and verbiage is complicated but the more you hear it you'll start to repeat it and I mean just like any other language so Nadine tell us like a little bit about your backstory where did you grow where did you grow up um I read that you wanted to study social work in the states like I, I, we need to know the whole story. How did you, how did you get into wine? Yeah. I loved how you said that your, you know, your journey was, was really organic. Um, and mine was as well. I think like it can still happen that way today, but I think it's a little, it's a little different, um, you know, pros and cons to, for both. Um, but I'm originally from Jamaica. I left Jamaica when I was 12 and went to 
high school in Puerto Rico and was in Puerto Rico for five years. Uh, I just sound like a Fox anchor lady. <laughs> this accent, I have no idea. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. But um, I always wanted to work with kids. Um, and I went to school and got my bachelor's in social work. Um, and, you know, I was living in Boston and I think I broke up with some guy and, um, you know, moved to DC. So when I graduated high school and moved to Boston, my family left, you know, I left from Puerto Rico to Boston, which I don't recommend <laughs> weather Why Boston? Why about, was your family? The school, the school was there. I was oh, going to college. Right. Yeah. Okay. The, the school, um, was there. Um, and then they left from Puerto Rico to DC. So DC hadn't really been home. Um, you know, but like coming home from Christmas break and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I moved in, broke up with some guy, moved back home with my mom, um, and try to find a job in the, in the, in the field. You know, this is 97, DC was very different than it is today. Um, you know, try to find a social a social work um, job and that was proving difficult. I think I worked at Moto Photo for like two weeks, um, you know, developing people's film. I say that to some people now and they're like, what? You took your film someplace to get it developed? <laughs> yes. Uh, and then I saw an ad in the in the post, a uh, new French restaurant opening on Capitol Hill. They were looking for a host no experience needed. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll do this for, you know, the rest of the summer. And then in September, go back, um, you know, to, to find a social, go back into the social work field. Um, and that was 20, 20 plus 20. I've been saying 20 years um, for about five, you know, for about 25 years now, whatever, whatever, 20, 2017. So now I don't math well. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, so I, I started in, um, you know, in restaurants and um, just fell in love with, um, you know, the chaos of restaurants. Um, I almost, I call myself a, a hospitality professional that specializes in, in wine, you know, because so I, you know, like hospitality is like my, my larger, you know, is a larger umbrella um, for me, which, which you need um which has served me really well like even if i'm doing a private event or a virtual thing or you know the name of my company is called at your service um you know if you're working in a tasting room you know i think if you have your your ethos as you know even even you leslie right um with with your club you know just having that 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 feeling of of um taking taking care of other people so that's how i started and i um you know, so I was hosting and then um, I started typing up the, the daily specials. It was a French bistro. Um, then I moved down to the, to the office. Um, I asked, um, I, still, I started reading about wine actually before I started drinking it. Um, there were, when Beast opened, it was Bistro Beast, it's still there on Capitol Hill. Um, there were a lot of collectors that came in, I mean, the, this region has a lot of, you know, serious wine collectors and wine lovers. So I did get some 
um, incredible early exposure. I teased that I went from Boone's Farm to Montrache and kind of jumped over. <laughs> so I jumped over, you know, even before I realized, you know, just ridiculous stuff, you know, from, from these uh, collectors. Um, so then I started re reading about what I was drinking. Um, the first book I ever read, it's still back here, was about champagne and wars. Um, and so it was a bit about champagne, but it was more just the stories of the region, um, you know, how they hid their champagne from the Nazis during World War II and, um, you know, how the Turks were always fighting with someone and they, um, you know, and how that led to dessert wine. And um, so I, I, I really like the, uh, my ADHD brain loves all the rabbit holes of wine. You know, so even if you get sick of reading about trellising, you're like, oh, I can read about history. And then, oh, there's some geology over here. Um, and I'm digressing a little bit, but that's how I, that's how I started. Um, I ended up, um, I became a manager. I actually wrote, um, wrote the owner and the manager at the time. I was like, I know I'm not ready to be a manager. Let me know what I need to do. Cause that was like my goal. You know, this is three or two, two and a half, three years in, um, you know, from not knowing what a two top was, um, you know, when I started um, and they took a chance on me, you know, probably because they could pay me, I don't know, 20, you know, not a lot, but I was not, I mean, I was not ready, uh, but I had my business card. <laughs> I mean, it was not that I wasn't ready, you know, I had that hospitality, but I hadn't waited tables before, you know, it was hard leading, you know, leading this group of servers. Um, um, and wine was my, my weak suit. So I took my first wine captain's class, really to help me, you know, catch up, um, you know, in terms of being a manager, not really knowing, not knowing the wine, but there was still that, you know, that, that interest. Um, Can you tell us what a wine captain is and what the class was like? I think it was just, it was probably a term that they used, you know, more back in the day. So it would be, a, I don't know if they used to call Smalley's wine captain or if it was just like, you know, a, a, a server. Yeah. So wine captain was just the name of the, of the class. It was like nine weeks you know, pretty intensive, like you were saying, Leslie, like a great overview of, you know, the whole world and a lot of tasting. Um, so that was my first kind of formal, formal education. You know, in a time in DC, there weren't, there weren't a lot of songs. There were a lot of like owners did the wine programs or, you know, the general manager did the wine program. There was a gentleman called Mark Slater that was at Citronelle. Like he was kind of the, you know, the only, Smallier that that I that I that I knew at that time. I mean, there were some others, but I hadn't I hadn't met them yet, like Andy Myers and um, some other people that had been in the city. Yeah. So you take your wine captain class. Um, do you feel more comfortable about wine after that? Is that when you moved to Charlie Palmer? Um, I did start uh, feeling more comfortable and kind of you know. Um, seeing that this could be uh, almost like a specialty, like I was saying about, you know, hospitality and you kind of specialize um, in, in something. Um, so then I left, um, 
I left Bees and um, because I was managing and it's 12 hour days and it was, you know, I really wanted to study wine, you know, more seriously. Um, so I started waiting tables and it was great. You could work a lunch shift, go to a, go to a portfolio tasting, you know, on your lunch break and then come back and work dinner. Um, or if like there was a tasting, someone could, it was just a lot more flexibility um, in terms of, you know, in terms, in terms of study. You know, so I was, I was, I think that's probably what you mean about um, organic. Like I was driven, but I wasn't, like I didn't have a end, I didn't have a complete end goal where I think today, like people are literally like, the, you know, they're 20, I want to become a, you know, MS and kind of, you know, have a, have a tract um, to go, to go down. Yeah, so I worked, I worked at Sequoia which is in Georgetown as a server. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, I first you know, walked out on me. I was, yeah, I'm not the best server. I mean, you know, <laughs> you have to get, to get organized. I used to write. I mean, it's okay. I'm okay. But, you know, like water, table 22. Like, I can't <laughs> servers who can remember, you know, like a six tops um, menu. But, but you learn. You learn a little bit. Um, you know, every, everything that, everything that you do. Um, yeah. And then I found out Charlie was coming to town. Um, I Googled him, I think Godfather of American cuisine. And he seemed like a chef that was um, just personally a wine lover. He has, still has a, a restaurant in Vegas called Oriel, Oriel. Um, and they have this famous tower where they have women, because uh, it's Vegas, they're called wine angels, they're kind of on harnesses, and they hoist up, they're hoist up, and they pull the wine, but, you know, he, he was on the cover of Wine Spectator a couple, couple months ago. Side you know, note, just, when I, when I read about the wine angels, I was a wine angel for Halloween one year. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Um, when I, when I worked yeah. at a winery, I had wings and everything, is yeah, it's yeah. dreadful, but it was fun. Yeah. So, I mean, Charlie was on the cover of Wine Spectator like two months ago. And I think that kind of sums up, you know, why I thought that he was a, um, you know, a, a chef. I was like, I want to work for, for this guy. I went, I took the train to New York. Where he had another restaurant with my resume in hand. Because, <laughs> you know, one of the investors told me that um, it was opening um, I was going to give it to the sous chef that I knew was going to open this one, but he was off that day. Um, I took it in when they're constructing the restaurant and gave it to a construction worker. <laughs> uh, I went back another time and he was there. Um, and then I was there for, for 14 years. But, um, you know, when I, when I finally got to the, you know, Keith Goldston, who was an a master sommelier and who was starting the program, he already had uh, the two psalms that he needed. Um, so they were like, you know, you, will you come in as a captain, which is a server, you know, kind of a, a high, I mean, a, yeah, a captain. Um, and I did. Um, and I remember um, just helping the wine team out, you know, like even before we opened, you know, there's maybe two weeks of training and, getting the restaurant set up. I mean, like 
long six hour trainings and tasting the, the, the food. Uh, so I would do that with the whole staff. And then after everybody went home, I would stay with the wine team, um, opening bottles and helping them putting, you know, volunteering my time. And I remember people are like, you know, you're not getting paid for this. I'm like, I'm learning under an MS. And sure enough, six months later, you know, someone left or, you know, I started as the assistant. So that was in 2003. And then 2005, again, not ready. And <laughs> I took over the program in, in, in 2005. Ready, but not ready. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it does. It's like, um, I don't know if you read it and, and some people don't necessarily agree with it, but lean in. Yeah. Like yeah. you were, you were ready you had all the skills you yeah. just have the experience yeah i'm learning the yeah. you know mm -hmm. learning the um you know there's always a picture of the psalm and we're just tasting right. it, but it's it's a lot of just excel spreadsheets and costing stuff out and a lot of math <laughs> uh but that was brian uh voltaggio who was the chef uh, that, oh, that wow got you okay that so I worked with him you know until he opened Volt for first six six years or seven years of Charlie Palmer and he was the one who actually was like you can do this Nadine because Charlie had asked me I was like uh um and he's like you can you know you could do this I mean, of course you could because you chased them down. You went to the, you got on the train. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was like 24 months after that, right? <laughs> it was 24 months after that. And I had my little wine captain course. I think I'd started, I was just starting the WSET. Um, at the t I did the, it wasn't called a certified at the time because they didn't have the wine. Um, Court of Master Psalms didn't have four tiers. It was just three. Um, so I had taken, you know, the first one. So I was just in terms of my studies was just kind of getting, getting started. Your story is very similar to like Leslie's story. Cause Leslie, I remember when you told your story, how you volunteered at a wine shop and you volunteered to stock so you could read labels and read inventory yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you think that there is a difference between the way other generations are motivated. Nadine, would you like to go first? I don't. I don't know. Um, a little bit. A little bit. You know. I think. Um, and not even completely. You know, faults of their own. You know, because I think they they've you know seen. Um, I think it's hard. You know, if you think about it, like everyone born like after nine eleven, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just been two decades of just right? The recessions and, and stuff and, and um, just being taken advantage of, you know, so I think there, there is a little bit of hesitance, um, you know, maybe to, to put yourself, but even at the time I had friends, you know, telling me, um, you know, you know, you're not getting paid for that, um, you know, mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think, I think this generation has motivation. Their motivation is different. Um, and I think what is, what is similar listening to your story, Nadine, I didn't know anybody 
in the wine industry. I knew people who like wine, but I didn't know anybody in the wine industry. So I didn't have that connection. And I, you know, I wasn't Googling people to say, oh, could you be my mentor or what have you? And I think this generation, they have more visible mentors. And especially in the DC area, um, there are more mentors, there's more um, attention paid to people. So, you know, they, they are bold, I would say. And, you know, they were like, well, will you be my mentor or what have you and have that connection. But I think, I think there's still moxie out there. Um, it's just applied differently. Yeah. And there is, a, I mean, there is a little bit like, well, you got to pay me for my you know, you got to pay me for my, for my time. Um, yeah, but I, I do, I do. I am, I am constantly impressed with, you know, young, young people. For sure. So Nadine, tell us about at your service and what you do. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of hard um, to explain because it's a lot of different, it's a lot of different things. Um, it's hard to explain, you know, it's just a wine, uh, wine consulting company would be the large thing, but then especially in DC, what does that mean? They're consultants all over, right? All over the place. Um, and it really started out of, you know, during the, the lockdown, the pandemic and people reaching out to do virtual, virtual events, um, you know, I've done everything from birthday parties to work with banks to John Hopkins. Um, sometimes I'm like the third, you know, like an events planner is working with a client and they will, they will contact me and I'm just part of the larger program, um, you know, for them. Um, you know, so there's that part, um, some in person um, as well. Um, but I've been doing some, well, it's not really under at your service, but doing some wine writing um, and then consulting with, with restaurants, um, helping them build their wine list. I'm working on a new restaurant opening on 8th Street right now. Um, just start, you know, making a wine program uh, for them. Um, you know, Is taste- that the one called Irregardless where there's like a the tasting menu and um, wines? Um, no, oh, I mean, okay. that, that one's open. This is, they're still, it's still under construction. Oh, wow. Oh, it's, still, okay. it's still under, it's still under construction. Um, yeah. Very cool. But I've also done, you know, people call me, they're like, uh, my wine cellar is a mess. Can you come in and organize oh. it and, and catalog, um, different things? You know, I had a friend, um, who lives in Hollywood, um, nothing came out of it. Um, he was working with a production and they were working on a, a, a show, a wine related show. Um, and he'd done like a movie or something and they talked about a Bordeaux, but it was a Chateauneuf bottle. And he was like, no, you need a wine consultant. <laughs> and then, you know, so, the, so the, the possibilities, right, are not endless, but it's, it's a little bit of like, sure, I, I could do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I saw you on Carlton's show. 
Nomad. Yes, yes on CNN. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was awesome. That, that was, was so was a great. great episode. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So Nadine, these are our closeout questions. And actually, these are for all of us so we all can answer. Awesome. So here we go. Guided tasting or self-explore? Self? Oh, boy. You go first, Leslie. <laughs> I like a guided tasting because I want to hear what I, I, I want to hear what they have to say. Yeah, I did a big self-explore tasting yesterday. It was kind of the first time. And that was fun. Um, if you do self-assort, I just, I needed more information like on, you know, paper. Mm. Um, yeah, I heard making decisions. Yeah, because um, a few weeks ago when we recorded this, um, this podcast episode and it was what kind of wine, uh, like traveler are you? do you like to have a guide to like walk you through everything or do you like to like just sort of explore by yourself and um Tanisha she was on a panel and one of the guests were saying that um this this next wave of travelers they don't like guided tastings they they just want you to point them in the direction and let them go by themselves so um I thought that was really interesting um Again, I'm a Libra guy, so I want both. Um, I want to taste everything first by myself, and then you tell me about it. If it could be like a wine museum, you know how you see the um, sort of like the yeah. writing on the wall, and you yeah. have the wine in front of it. If I could do that so I could see the history and taste at the same time, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any wine or restaurant pet peeves? Hmm. Um, I think white wine's too cold, like served in a, in a restaurant if, if they're, if they're, if they're too cold or, you know, in, in proper storage, um, or they're too warm. Um, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely one, um, you know, back to the marketing a little bit and, and the, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's some big, and it's not, I'm not against big, um, you know, big wine conglomerates and stuff of, like that. I think um, I don't like the oversized um, influence that they have on what we, what we drink. I mean, they dictate like what's on that, you know, the cap in the supermarket, you know, it's, it's a, it seems like a little thing, but it's, it's a, it's a very coveted location. Um, and, you know, they dictate like what goes at what eye level, um, you know, so it really influences. And I think sometimes it makes the wines really similar, um, you know, in style, which I think at the end of the day hurts the whole wine industry. Right. I, don't like because it, it's overwhelming I do not like the 32 page wine menu it's just yeah. <laughs> I hate that I like really come on now um the other thing I don't like a lazy wine menu too you know what I mean like why do we have 
what, what is what is this right yeah <laughs> what, is, what is what is kendall jackson doing on my yeah. i dressed up i got in the right. uber exactly and then, i hate i hate that i yeah. hate that i hate that i hate that it just speaks volumes to who is running that beverage program those are those are my big two of my pet peeves mm -hmm. yeah um one of my pet peeves is a temperature that is too high in a wine shop and uh, it's too warm in the wine shop. Sometimes they have wine in the windows, mm -hmm. sun just beating yes. down on yes. it. Um, and I'm like, oh, I know that's not right. I, I know in my soul that it's not right. So I'm not buying yes. anything from that window. Okay. Favorite rosé region. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite rosé region. Oh my goodness. What's yours, Leslie? Okay, so let me say this. I'm going to be the Libra here. You know, at one point there was just like your go-to place. But now that rosé is so much better, I can't say, oh, I'm just, you know, this is, this is the place. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's almost. I like. I like a lot of Grenache-based rosés. You mm -hmm. know, I I'm going through a kind of really enjoying um, kind of higher acid, really bright wines. So I've been having some really cool Greek rosés, which are you know for varietals I cannot mm -hmm. pronounce. Um, that's another thing I say all the time. You don't have to know how to pronounce the wine to enjoy it. Um, what was the other? It was like Greece. Um, oh, oh, come to me. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Um, yeah. It depends on the day and what, and what I'm eating. You know, I think you, you, for a while there were a lot of just these like really pale, you know, Provence style became the standard. Um, and I like that style, but they're there's a, a range of colors, right, of, of rosés, and it, it changes with what you're um, eating. Um, and with myself and just talking about wine more, I'm, I'm trying to bring it back to connecting wine with food, um, which just changes the whole conversation. And um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my answer is gonna be anything from Portugal. Anything from Portugal, yeah. Yeah, um, just, that's just the whole, yeah, I mean, everything is so great that comes from there. It's like that in between. It's, they have some light versions and then they have some yes. darker, richer rosé. So I, I, yeah, anything from Portugal. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you ever drunk wine or spirits from a coffee mug? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Any, any, I mean, everything, anything except for start those white styrofoam things, <laughs> they're bad for you and bad for the planet. Um, you know, one of my best wine experiences memorable was like a 1990 Latour out of a red solo cup, huh. having Papa John's pizza and, you know, the, the glass matters, but it doesn't, but it does. Yeah. And it, it showed just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's like there's there's a point where you want some wine, right? Like you're not yeah. sitting there 
trying to figure out the notes or come on, just mm-hmm. give me some wine with my food and we just call it a night yeah yeah absolutely i've absolutely have champagne from a, um, a coffee mug when um the hotel was taking too long bringing up wine glasses this is what we about to do <laughs> this wine is getting warm just open yes. the bottle we yes. are, we're all good so, i've done those little cups those little bathroom cups in the hotel you're like, yes. <laughs> it's in the paper you know but oh how fun okay last question is for nadine uh-huh Le- leslie you're not on tiktok right no, no. Okay. I watch right. it, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nadine, what was your favorite TikTok that you made? I'm more on Instagram than TikTok. I am okay. on TikTok. You know, right now I'm just kind of posting my Instagram stuff there. My favorite? Oh, one of my favorite was actually with cognac and I'm, I'm holding a cognac, pouring it into a, a mug that said uh-huh. man mug. I saw that um, one. And it was, yeah, it was just saying something about, you know, um, not to wallow in your, not to wallow in, um, in shit. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love your, I love your content and your, your videos are so fun. I absolutely love it. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. Well, that is the show. Thank you so much for joining us World Speed today. Before you go, please tell everybody where they can follow you and any events or um, anything coming up we need to know about. Awesome. Yeah, I still, my website is still pending, but I think the easiest way is Nadine Winebrown on Instagram. All right. Awesome. Leslie, anything um, you need to share with anybody? Any events coming up? Love to share. (laughs) We have um, a wine tasting with Eva Pimper. I don't know if um, people are familiar with Eva Pimper, but she is a New Zealand winemaker. Um, She makes this really good uh, Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. And um, I know, I know, Serena. (laughs) Do not go into anaphylactic shock because I said something good about Sauvignon Blanc. Um, on the fourth, on the fourth in the Navy Yard, so you can like take, look up our website, thewineconcierge.co, and um, join us there. I think you really will enjoy it. Yay! Awesome. Awesome. Um, for me, I released merch this week for the Yay! first time. Yay! So I have sweatshirts. Um, I have two sweatshirts, one's green, one's black. Um, I have a jigsaw puzzle and I feel like I have one more thing. I cannot remember. Oh, I have socks too. You are, is the book also available? Oh, sure. You can still buy the book. All Very right, cool. everybody. Cool. That is a wrap. Thank you for having me, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, Nadine. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining this world suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leave us five stars and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Buy Me Up, Glennis at Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha, Vino 301 is Leslie, 
And you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vimeup Media.